And Guy Gardner is a douche. Uh, especially Guy Gardner, who was being a bit of a douchebag, but uh, he wasn't really listening. That's Guy's like that. thing. <laughs> yeah, but... that That's his other superpower. <laughs> Speaking of Guy Gardner, page 19, I resent the brain damage comment. He was just a character I found extremely grating. Wow, the internet seems to be filled with people who really can't stand the character of Guy Gardner. I mean, to some extent they have a point. I mean, they'd read the character like I have, his adventures with the cores, his solo comic run, whatever. Maybe they'd have a little more appreciation for him. I mean, there needs to be more guy love on the internet. Uh, maybe not that kind of guy love. Regardless, there still has to be a way that a middle-aged man like myself, with a love of comic books, should be able to present a defense for an underrated character. If you build it, they will come. What was that? If you build it, they will come. Okay, strange disembodied voice. That's a great idea, but I really don't see how building a baseball field in a little bit cornfield will help with matters. I mean, I think there aren't any cornfields near here, especially ones that are the owner let me build a baseball field in. Plus, Guy was more of a football player and... No, no, no. <sighs> Look, no speaks metaphorically. What I meant by Bill is... Oh, maybe make a podcast about it? Well, that's an even better idea. And it's a lot easier, given my farming and athletic abilities. I can recount all the appearances in Guy in comics, I can focus on his solo run, I could give detailed plans of his bar, and... Hold on, hold on, hold on, champ, champ. You really want people to actually listen to the podcast, don't you? Well, yeah. So why not start with the 1990s Green Lantern and continue on to the Reaper? Well, that's an even better idea. I could cover the Guy Gardner solo series along the way, and also put up for a defense my second favorite GL, Kyle Rayner. Plus, really, these are the two Earth-based Green Lanterns. For whatever reason, they're really overlooked in the mass media. Plus, I've got a nearly complete runs of both series. Wow! Thanks, strange disembodied voice. No problem. Now, let's go kill President Nixon. Um, you do know that Nixon has been dead for well over a decade. Oh, uh, oh, well, how about some brownies? Mmm, that sounds great. I love some good brownies, especially the one with the chocolate frosting on top. Or have you ever had blondies? Those are even better. I had one of those at church. Just One of the Guys, a Green Lantern podcast, is a weekly internet radio show covering the Green Lantern comics, starting with Green Lantern number 1 in 1990 and ending with Green Lantern number 181 in 2004. During the run, I will be placing special emphasis on the characters of Guy Gardner and Kyle Rayner, my two favorite and the most underappreciated members of the Green Lantern Corps. Along the way, I'll be covering the Guy Gardner comic run, some Green Lantern annuals, and whatever else takes my interest at the time. Come and listen along with me, Sean Ingold, as I make the case for the Green Lanterns who deserve a better reputation at justoneoftheguys.lipson.com. You can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today.
Anytime you plan to visit Amazon.com, please be aware that if you use the Amazon.com link located on our website, www.2TrueFreaks.Libson.com, 2 True Freaks will receive a referral bonus for any items you purchase. There is absolutely no additional cost to you whatsoever for doing this. All proceeds go directly toward keeping new episodes of all your favorite 2 True Freaks affiliated podcasts rolling, and it really helps us out. So please... Use our Amazon.com link anytime you plan to visit Amazon.com. Welcome to Amazon. I love you. of the Justice Society of America proudly presents Crisis Management Welcome to episode four of Crisis Management. My name is Scott Gardner, and I am joined as always by my buddy Michael Bailey. Well, not so much always, but th- for the past two episodes <laughs> at least. That wasn't a dig, by the way. That was just a clarification. yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. No, look, if I'm going to dig at you, I'll, I'll, I'll own up to that. I mean, you know that. <laughs> you know, I'm going to give you shit. I'm going to give you shit. So. You were here in spirit. <laughs> I was here watching the spirit, and that's why you heard somebody crying in the background. <laughs> yeah, it was actually, Will Eisner's ghost. Actually, I haven't seen that film yet. Though it's kind of funny that it, that that I've not I've not have you ever seen the uh, 1987 TV movie of the spirit mm. uh, that starred Sam Jones, uh, who played Flash Gordon? Right. No, I, I've heard of it, but no, I have not seen it. Uh, apparently, Eisner disavowed it. From what I understand, uh, and I have a feeling that if I watched that and then watched the Frank Miller one, that I'd go to the TV one and go, "Wow, that is such an epic and dramatic representation of what Will Eisner wanted to bring to this character." Because that movie looks like crap. <laughs> but I don't, I don't, I don't hear good things about that one. But that's that's another one of those that was never really on my radar cuz i i don't i don't know anything about the character i'm not you know invested in i've read bits and pieces i read like the first couple issues of the darwin cook uh book that dc did are you a fan a of his ago. yes i am i am a very i love darwin cook's artwork and i love dc new frontier i yeah, i like I, him a lot I ask only because I, I realized after the fact that uh, that I, I passed I had passed up on my opportunity to uh, to have him sign some stuff for me, and uh, 
wasn't sure how I felt about it one way or the other because I'm not a fan, but at the same rate, the books that I had taken to potentially have him sign, um, I thought quite a lot of. So He is a nice guy. He and I have had two very nice conversations at two separate Dragon Cons. Um, and I was actually pissed at the second time that I got him to sign some stuff because a guy comes up and goes, hey, are you doing sketches? And he goes, no, man, you know, I'm, you know, I've been doing a lot of artwork lately. I got to rest up, you know, I'm not doing any convention sketches. I want to, I want to, you know, I'll do like a quick sketch and like in a book or something, but I'm not doing anything. He's like, can you do one? And he kept pressing the point. This guy just was like, well, can you make an exception, please? Come on. And I'm almost like, dude, you know, (laughs) we're not lucky that they're here, but the fact that they're most of them are kind of nice is a good thing. Right. So why don't you just shut up and accept the fact that you're not getting a sketch? You should have said that to the guy. Uh, I was, I don't get confrontation. Oh, and my wife tickles me. Um, I don't get get confrontation unless something really trips my sweet. That was a weird day too. So, well, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm tr- I'm ho- having to hold myself back because I want so badly to 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 discuss my my MegaCon experience with you, and I'm just I'm I'm gonna have to hold off until we can properly cover it. But uh, if you'll remember, last year, you know, I had a prime opportunity to be confrontational with someone. In particular, yeah, you, were, you were telling me about and this. I, I, I had told you that I, I wasn't sure whether I was proud of myself or whether I was mad at myself that I had kind of missed the opportunity. Well, the opportunity represented itself this time. Was it out of and panel? No, no, it was it was face to face at a table. It was it was just one of these things where he was sitting next to a person I was talking to and you know, it was just, there's nobody around and it was just, you know, it wasn't, don't get me wrong. I wasn't like an asshole or anything, but at the same rate, I, I was like, I cannot let this opportunity slide. So it was just a, it was just a quick little, Hey, how's it going? Um, when are you going to fix Superman? And <laughs> the look you know, on his face was priceless. The reason but, why I asked uh-huh. if it was at a panel, by the way, is I read Billy Hogan's report of megacon over at the superman homepage Mm -hmm. and apparently somebody at the one of the dc panels stood up and asked dan didio when is he gonna fix superman because oh wow and i'm like was that's awesome no i mean i mean i would never do that you know public you know in, in a forum like that this was just strictly the two of us you know it was it was one on one it was a quick little you know, I just need to know. And he was I, I will I will give the man credit. He was extremely gracious and um um I'm trying to think of what the right way he he was just gracious. You know, he was he was very pleasant. Um he's very charming, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, is is the guy you're talking about, I don't even know if we want to say his name or not. Um I uh I have disagreed with so many of the decisions he's mm-hmm. made. But every time I hear an interview with him or hear him at a, at a convention or, you know, read an interview and, and, and talking to Jimmy Palmiotti, who's friends and, and co-writer. At one That's point, who he was sitting title. next to. Yeah. Um, you know, they're good friends. And, and Jimmy said he just loves comics. And it comes through. It's just it, it really comes down to and this is this is what I have, have kind of come to the conclusion of 
is that he has a vision for how he wants to run DC Comics, and that's fine. I disagree with that decision. That does not make me dislike him as a person, because he seems like a pretty cool guy that you could sit down and have a great talk about comics with. Absolutely. Um, so, and, and you know, in the past, I've been very vocal uh, and fair, you know, and 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 kind of mean spirited towards it. But you know, maybe I'm getting older. Maybe it's I'm just letting shit go. Maybe it's just I realize that in the grand scheme of things, there are things to be pissed off about and things that really don't mean anything to be pissed off about. But at the same time, you know, when you feel passionate about something, if you could approach these people, I mean, really any of them. I mean, if, if I ever had an opportunity to meet, let's say, for example, Jeff Johns, you know, you know, in addition to saying I love your runs on JSA, I love your runs on The Flash, I thought you did a great job with both of those properties, um, I really didn't care for your Superman. And right. I think you were too slavish to it. And I think, you know, if you approach it like, not like I hate you and everything you represent, you can actually have a conversation about it. Oh, absolutely. So it doesn't surprise me that you got the reaction you did. No, he was, uh, he was very, uh, he was fun to talk to and I, and I didn't expect it. You know, I, I really expected, uh, defensiveness and I didn't get that at all. It was more like, um, you know, he asked for, you know, what what specifically was I saying? And I tried, you know, briefly to kind of explain, you know, where I was coming from. That I just felt like, you know, for an old fanboy like me, that that there, what I had nowhere to go. And, uh, you know, he he's for one thing, he seemed like he'd heard this before. So I don't know yes. if this was post the thing that Billy was talking about or or what. But, uh, you know, this seemed like something he not exactly had like a, a like a pre arranged answer for. But at the same rate, you know, he was, you know, he was rather forthcoming about things. But, uh, yeah, it was it was it was an interesting thing. So, you know, it, it, it both made up for for last year, but also in an awesome way because it didn't become ugly. You know, some. Yeah. You know, but at the same rate, I'm very much of the opinion that, you know, you don't go to something like that and show your ass. You know, oh, it's, no, it's no. you know, like the guy that went and and, you know, posted this stupid thing on YouTube a couple of years ago where he went to some convention and and, you know, called Rob Liefeld out and handed him a copy of, you know, how to draw Mar you know, comics. The I mean, you're just being a douchebag when you do stuff like that, you know, especially since Rob Liefeld is like from all reports the nicest, the nicest guy, guy on yes. planet yeah. earth yeah well you know it, it comes down to you know with something like this i i would i would equate it to like almost like uh like debating politics or, or religion you know lots of my friends you know are, are diametrically opposed to to my viewpoints on say politics doesn't mean we're not great friends mm -hmm. you know, so i kind of looked at this situation the same way i know of this man's passion for comics and love for the characters and the medium and everything so it wasn't a matter of of you know thinking that you know you're you're setting out to destroy comics or destroy this character but it was more a, a you know a thing of you know Hey, you know, you're you're doing this and you know the the kids are loving it. What what do you got for me? What do you got for me the 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 almost 44-year-old fanboy who misses the old stuff? You know, where 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 do I where can I come play? And he seemed to get that. You know, he seemed to understand that that's exactly what I was saying and 
and actually had an answer. So I like that. It was it was very cool. But yeah, I, I just the, <laughs> again, the older I get, the more I really can't vilify anybody or 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 hold them up as like the reason why everything's wrong with what I don't like. Because and maybe it's because enough time has passed where I've gone through the the, the stages of fan grief. <laughs> um, for lack of a better term. But also because, you know, end of the day, these guys have a job to do. Um, and it's not an easy job. And I realize that. It, 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 you know, to... Comics are, 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 are a dying form in their, you know, their current iteration. You know, we're, you know the periodical is, is, is struggling. And these guys, uh, you know... Dan uh, DiDio on one side, and on the other side, uh, it used to be Joe Casada. Now it's uh, now it's Axel Alonso as the editor in chief, but Casada's still kind of you know one of the grand poobahs uh, of the company. You know, these are two guys that were handed a company at a time when comics were dying, and said, "Fix it," mm-hmm. and. Like I said, I don't agree with all of the decisions either one of them have made. Uh, I'm kind of going back and looking over some things and reviewing it just because it's been almost 10 years in some cases. And seeing, well, was it really as bad? Was I just being overly emotional? But at the same time, you know, they've got to turn a profit for their company. And the old way, sorry to say, wasn't working. You know, readers were dropping. The I think certain creative teams had run, you know, their creative course because that's comics and it's what happens. And, uh, excuse me, I just burped right in front of that. Damn you, Diet Dr. Pepper. Um, you know, the, they were given a choice. It's just like, you know what, you, you got the job, now do something with it or we're going to fire you. And... Fans being fans, and, and and I'm not trying to vilify fans either because I'm one of them and I've had my share of tirades online and in print and, and, and everything. Um, and I'm not trying to backpedal on anything that I said because I'll own up to every single thing I said and say, you know, yeah, I feel, I feel that way. I felt that way. I probably still feel that way. So, you know, I'm not going to apologize for it because it, it, it happened and, you know, I don't feel any particular shame when it comes to it. But at the same time, you know, someone someone says you've got an entire universe, now turn a profit. You know, you're going to do things the way you think it should be done. And when certain, for lack of a better term, um, formulas start working and start generating revenue, you're going to hold on to that. You know, look at Paramount with Star Trek when Next Generation broke big. They had lightning in a bottle again. So they tried their best to capitalize on that and capture lightning again. And, you know, I forget how you feel about Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Um, or Voyager. See, Voyager I like. Voyager I like quite a lot. Um, basically, I, I, I like all of the series to, to varying degrees, uh, pretty much except DS9, because... It's not that it's without redeeming qualities or anything. It's just it's at the end of the day, it's not Star Trek. That's that's ultimately my problem with DS Nine. But 
But yeah, I, I, I think I see where you were. Yeah, I mean, it's just you know they 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 needed to keep that engine running, and ultimately it it didn't work out the way they wanted it to. Mm-hmm. That's why you know Enterprise ended, and you know they have the revamp. And apparently, I read somewhere that the the next Star Trek film is in production. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but um, it, it it might be filming. I haven't heard anything about story or cast or anything. So, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you had that experience, though. I really am. That makes me feel good. No, no, I'm serious because, you know, we're both very emotional when it comes to our opinions. Oh, yes. I think it's, I think it's one of the things we have in common where you and I can blow up with the best of them. But the best part of that for me is that if I can actually sit down and talk with somebody and, 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 and like, have a, a decent conversation, I come away from it feeling so much better about everything. So Right. And again, he's, uh, f- from all accounts, a charming son of a bitch. So, <laughs> who can sit there? I mean, I, I hear him on these panels, and I'm just, like, believing everything he says. And then, you know, it takes me a second to go, wait, wait, no, wait, I don't agree with that. Um, what is in this, what is in your voice that is that, that is lulling me to your side and making <laughs> me drink the Kool-Aid? <laughs> right. Uh, I hope to meet him someday. I really do. I, I will have to come to MegaCon. Maybe I can arrange that for next year. I, I wish you had been there. I really, I really do because there were so many great geek outs for me that you know. I, I, I think of all my friends, I think you were the one that that would most get them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because Chris, you know, God bless him, he, he's just not into the comic side of things, you know, the the way you or I are. So a lot of these guys, you know, he, he knows of them, or, you know, uh, you know, you know, it's a lot of the old, you know, the original guys, you know, from when we were kids and everything. But a lot of the like the newer guys, he, he wouldn't have any idea. But uh it was de- it was it was a comic con. That's what I liked about it. You know, it was it was comics based because it didn't even occur to me until a couple of days later that, uh, um, I never even saw the the media people. That I completely just didn't even think about it. You know, I mean, there were all these huge media people there, and I just I never found the time to to bother with any of that and it wasn't until later and looking through pictures i was like oh damn that's right brent spiner was there and it was like oh well you know well, i'm sure if gil gerard was there you would have gone by if gil had been there yeah definitely i would have made a point to go see him but you know the the rest of the people it was like yeah you know that's cool but you know plus i saw pictures you know later on and i was like wow you know some of these guys you know, you, you you hold on to the image of the last way you saw people, you know, and then you see them now and it's like, wow, you know, I, I, I don't want to call anybody out, but I, I saw one particular media person that I actually had wanted to meet and I, I had regretted that I didn't get to meet him. And then I saw a picture online and I was like, oh, my God, I think he ate the rest of the cast. You know, it was like, wow. Jesus, yeah. So well, I didn't call. I didn't <laughs> so, say what it was. I know. It's just that's still kind of hardcore. Oh, uh, yeah. But, you know, I mean, you know, anyway, we're here to talk about yeah, crisis. Say, can you tell that we're just itching to get to this issue? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you can always tell these things when when we're less. Uh, than yeah, we're we're, the, we're we're. we're very transparent. 
when we don't want to talk about something. Let's talk about anything but the issue. Yeah, exactly. And it's not that this is a terrible. Yes, it is that it's a terrible issue. (laughs) It is exactly. I was trying to be nice, but okay. Uh, It's definitely of the four uh, that you've covered and the three that we've covered together. I think it's the weakest. Mm hmm. Um,. And uh, I, I guess that's, uh, you know, I, I volunteered to do the synopsis. And when I was reading the book, I'm like, you know, I really don't want to devote too much time typing up a synopsis to this because really the point of what we wanted to talk about, I mean, granted, it's the most we've seen of the monitor. Yes. Uh, in any of the the books uh, that we've covered. Uh, and at the same time, though, the rest of the story is just so like, wow, Len Wein, you were doing such a great job with this run, and now, no. And it comes down to, again, that I don't like the shark as a villain. He's stupid. Um, there are very few villains I will look at and go, God, you're just like a bad idea. And some people love them. You know, and uh, and I get that because I, you know, we like Iron Monroe, and I, and I think the bulk of the comic book reading audience that doesn't go who is going to go, why do you like him? So I uh, understand. God, that Dr. Pepper's getting to me. <laughs> um, the uh, you know, there are probably some people out there that are huge Green Lantern fans and love the Shark. I ain't one of them, so. I wonder how Thomas DJ feels about the shark because he's a big Green Lantern guy. Well, the the problem with the shark, and I guess I see, I really don't know a hell of a lot about um, the Green Lantern's Rogues Gallery. I, I will admit, but the thing about him is, and maybe I'm confusing him with a different character, but you know, here he is. He's he's an evolutionary e- evolved, like like an artificially evolved shark right yeah he's, he's like a shark like what sharks are going to be a million years from now or some stupid thing right so yeah. he's basically a man with a shark head which is completely all right you, you know the, you've got the goofy visual on that already but in a way that could be a cool concept if you took say jaws and yeah. <laughs> made him a man how scary is that? I mean, because then you've literally got the land shark from Saturday Night Live could show up at your door and eat you when you answer that. This is my problem with the shark. He looks like a shark. He's got shark teeth. He's got a shark mouth. He's got, you know, he, he's he's a shark. He's a human shark. And he's a psychic vampire. Huh? Why doesn't he just eat people? That's I don't get that at all. You're going to make one of the most feared predators on the planet into a a, a quadruped or excuse me, a biped. You're going to make him into a man, essentially. And then he doesn't actually eat anybody. He just like does the whole uh, parasite thing with him. And it's like, this is stupid. I just didn't get it. I'm trying to remember what Jeff Johns did with him because oddly enough, Jeff Johns dealt with him very early in his Green Lantern run proper. Um, I've read that entire run. I don't remember that. Yeah, it was in like the third or fourth issue, somewhere around there. Did he bite anybody? 
Uh, I think he did. I think it was a very violent it's type about of thing. damn so. time. <laughs> Who's well, the guy I'm... Th- isn't there another shark character like King, King shark. shark? Now, he actually bites people, right? Yeah, he was a, he was a Superboy villain. Right, yeah. They actually had an action figure two-pack. Yes. Uh, where Superboy was wearing that really dumb, like, surf outfit. I actually liked that. I always wanted to get that two-pack, and for some reason I... I'm sure I, it's like $3 yeah. on eBay. I'll have to get that one of these days because I, I there were two of them that the LCS I was going to at the time had, and it was the the one of them was the one that had who was in that pack? I'm trying to remember. It was Blue Beetle, and who was with Blue Beetle? You're absolutely right. Yeah, I was, was like, wow, Beetle and another really cool figure, and then a little teeny tiny Adam from like Teen Titans era Adam, where uh-huh. he had the jacket. Yeah, where he was the teenager. Yeah, the teenage Adam. I can't remember who the other figure was. And then the other pack was Superboy and King Shark. And I bought the one with Blue Beetle first because I thought it was so awesome that there was finally a a Ted Cord Blue Beetle action figure. Mm -hmm. And then I never did get around to buying the other one with... God, that's killing me. Was it... Was it the... It wasn't the Flash. I'll think of it eventually. (laughs) But uh, as much no, Google's, <laughs> yes, as I Googled. it's, it's going to kill you now, and I know it's driving me crazy. I should be able to remember who it was. Uh, it had to be a fellow Justice Leaguer, right? Probably. I, was it part of the Total Justice line, which I was reminded of recently? By no, the way, they uh, they were kind of reminiscent of Total it was Justice. Flash. It was the Flash and the Blue Beetle. Oh, there was the DC Superheroes line. Because right. they had, because that was that was a similar packaging. There was an Asbats figure, and there was a Superman Blue figure. Yep, that I, I remember, I, and I was just like, "Holy crap!" They made a Superman Blue figure, really? And there was a Superman Red from that suit um, that was really hard to find. But the, I, and then there was the JLA series where you had the Superman Red, Superman Blue, which always cracks me up. Because they literally just reprinted the Superman fig, repainted, excuse me, right. the Superman figure, and you could still see like the cut-ins where his boots were and where his belt is uh, on the figure. It's just like, really, okay, well, I, I appreciate you're just trying to reuse the molds. Good the, luck. The Captain Marvel from that series is a really, really nice figure. Yes, uh, and again, one of the rare, rare Captain Marvel mm-hmm. figures because he's. They've done. He's getting more and more, but now he's not Captain Marvel anymore. So, yay. Um, they pulled the trigger on that uh, with the new storyline that's coming up in the as a backup in J- Justice League, where his name is now going to just be Shazam. How does that work? Um, I haven't read it yet, so I don't know. But that was the the the, the thinking here is that everybody thinks he's Shazam, anyways. Which right. I don't buy because you had like a really couple of well, I guess it's you know like the Superman Shazam, the Return of Black Adam. But if you watch the movie, he's very clearly called Captain Marvel. Yeah, the same way in the uh, whatever the name of that episode of Justice League Unlimited, where he and Superman destroyed a smock city. 
Right. Which was great. But um, I mean, ever since the seventies, though, everything he's been on, yeah. you know, including his TV show, was was called Shazam. So I can see that because I remember the action. You know, for years I called the action figure Shazam instead of calling him Captain Marvel. And now, you know, it's actually it takes a conscious effort to remember to call him Captain Marvel and not call him Shazam. And I still slip and do it sometimes. So I can see. Just finally, you know, all right, let's just, you know, let's just do it. Let's just call him Shazam. The only problem with that, though, is that that's his magic word. So then you make him kind of ridiculous, and now he's got the Captain Marvel Jr. thing where he can't even say his own name, which is kind of, that's kind of dorky. It'll be CM1. It'll be great. Uh. <laughs> I expected that reaction. Very good. Congratulations, <laughs> sir. <laughs> you you have lived up to my expectations. <laughs> Anyways, we have I have in my hands Green Lantern number one seventy six. It was May nineteen eighty four, so we're still within the the same month as we covered uh, last week on uh, Tales. This uh, story was titled Mind Games. It was written by Len Wein, who was also the editor. It's co-plotted by Len Wein and Dave Gibbons, who was the penciler. Dick Giordano was the guest inker. Ben Oda was the letterer. And Anthony Tallinn was the colorist. And we open on Tawny Young of Clack TV. K-L-A-U-K. Really, because it's right in front of you, Mike. And the letters are K-L-A-Q. And you should know that. Uh, who is busy interviewing a police officer about a recent ruckus with the Green Lantern and the shark. Where the shark somehow mind whammied Green Lantern and sucked his brain right out of him and then ran away. Green Lantern is being loaded <laughs> into the hospital. I Meanwhile, hate when that happens. <laughs> There, there's no other way to say it because that's, that's what happened. Though we do get a really nice image of Green Lantern hitting the shark with a traffic signal. Um, whatever. So, meanwhile, Carol Ferris and Tom Grumble, 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 Hey, Thomas DJ, how you doing? Pieface uh, are watching the TV news and decide, well, they've got to do something about it. So then we cut into the mind of the shark where Green Lantern is finding out that his personality is somehow in there and that the shark is still trying to kill him and we see the shark towering over Green Lantern in his own mind and then it cuts to a beach where he's towering over nobody. He's just kind of sitting under the wharf like cackling and probably looking like a crazy person though I wouldn't approach him because he looks like a shark. Meanwhile Congressman Block who has been a thorn in the side of Green Lantern for the past several issues is calling the monitor to get more um, backup I guess you could say in terms of supervillains to kill uh, and destroy Ferris aircraft uh, and we see once again, Lila, who is in her little go-go outfit. I guess that's the best way to describe it. Well, maybe not go-go, but she's got some kicking boots on. And the monitor asks Lila, my love, please put the good congressman on hold for a moment if you would, and then contact me with Rosie. And I was hoping and praying that it would be Rosie the Robot from the Jetsons. Because <laughs> that would be awesome if the monitor calls up Rosie the Robot and turns out she's the ultimate evil behind 
the Crisis on Infinite Earths, but that never happens. <laughs> we get a little uh, action with Bruce Gordon and uh, a guy having gas, but it's really heart problems. We cut back to the shark's mind where we have a, a scene that reminds me, in retrospect, of the first post-crisis appearance of Mr. Mixion's yes. Pitalek. Uh, as Green Lantern is made fat and then old, and they start fighting in and his head. He has an ant head. Yeah, that was actually kind of cool. Um, the shark is still like cackling underneath a pier. Meanwhile, at Rosie's bar, Rosie gets a phone call from the monitor saying, "Hey, you're up." And so she starts calling the rest of her crew. More on them as we see it on the next page, where it is <laughs> Rosie calls scoop shovel steamroller jackhammer and hard hat <sighs> really <laughs> you know it it, it kind of makes you miss spear chucker doesn't it no okay <laughs> <laughs> i like Rosie the Riveter i think yes, that I, I was like cool that. that's, but that's the, clever this is going too far uh, we do get a really cool shot of the monitor satellite, though, which, mm -hmm. I, which I rather liked. Uh, but Lila is still not the Lila we would eventually see. So as Green Lantern and the shark are fighting in, in the shark's head, uh, Carol and Tom sneak into the hospital. Carol dresses like a nurse. Tom looks like Bruce Wayne. And uh, you would yes. think that Car Carol dressing like a nurse is hot, and you would be absolutely correct on that. She Bruce, brings in... I'm sorry, Bruce Wayne or Dick Grayson? Because I uh, think he looks Oh, like wait, Dick Grayson. You're, you're right. I meant to say Dick Grayson. He looks like an Asian Dick Grayson throughout this entire issue. Very as a much so. Of fact. Um, Carol brings in Hal's lantern battery, which would be retconned later as to probably not being able to happen. She puts his finger to the battery says the oath and then prays and prays that something will go right in the shark's mind green lantern finds the will literally to fight back his green his power ring glows green and he defeats the shark wakes up and then goes and pounds on the shark who is just attacking a star lab ship and releasing a whole hell of a lot of nuclear waste i really feel bad for the two guys that are just standing there with their masks off because they're going to die I, uh, not... re I really expected to see Aquaman at the end of this story going, come on! <laughs> but as you would well imagine, the uh, Green Lantern defeats the shark. There's a giant explosion. We don't know if the shark is dead. And on the very last page, Congressman Block is introduced to the DTs. And if you think that means the Delirium Tremens, <laughs> you're absolutely wrong. It is the Demolition Team. Hard Hat. Scoop shovel, <sighs> Rosie the Riveter. There, there's no good here. Um, the artwork was good. Uh, I'll, I'll give it that. Even the shark, the shark looked like crap. But you know, you can't polish a turd, as I think Nietzsche <laughs> said once. Um, I still, uh, Dave Gibbons did a great job with his uh, <laughs> Rachel. This just in: my wife asked me, "Does he jump the shark?" <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean like like in bed or like because this isn't slash fiction? Oh, Fonzie sh totally should have been in this this year. <laughs> it just gets so ridiculously stupid that they jumped the shark. <laughs> you know, she's got a point. 
this is a pretty ridiculous issue and yes. he's fighting a shark. So, and I would love to see somebody like in the, on that last second to last page where the ship explodes to, to Photoshop Fonzie <laughs> on the motorcycle jumping over it. <laughs> Even from out here, I can hear that just. Oh, wow. This was a, no, the artwork was good. That's my only positive note. Everything else, even the monitors appearances were like, Wow, this it's like it's a whole other book when the monitor appears, you know? Because mm-hmm. it's a subplot. It doesn't have anything to do with what's going on with the shark. It's like, can we focus more on Congressman Block? Because suddenly in this story, he's a much more interesting character. But uh, that's really all I have to say about it. Um, the, 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 I, I hope this isn't the worst. I, I, I mean, I hope this is the worst issue we cover. I have a feeling it probably won't be. No. But, um, but oh, wait, wait. Next time we get to cover the de- the demolition team attacking. Well, we're going to skip ahead uh, an issue. The next yeah. crisis one is 178. Are they still in yeah, that one? They're, they're oh, on okay. the cover. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Yay. See, the the sad thing, and I don't know if we've talked about this on air or not, but the sad thing is I was so intrigued by 173, and I have so many issues of Green Lantern that I, you know, I've just got by, you know, what I like to call just osmosis, you know, buying collections and stuff that I've, I've held on to them. But I've never read a lot of them, especially from this particular era. And I was so intrigued by 173 that I started reading these books and i figured you know well we're covering 173 176 178 why don't i just read you know the stuff in between and i've i've been enjoying it i thought it was really really good and then we got to this one that we actually have to cover on the show and it's like wow this one stinks but it's a shame because the other ones were actually really good i was actually enjoying green lantern for you know kind you know for the, I was going to say for the first time. I mean, I've I've liked different Green Lanterns. It's just I've never liked Hal Jordan. So this is really me enjoying Hal Jordan as the solo Green Lantern in the book, kind of for the first time. It, it, um, it's funny because Hal's like that. Uh, you know, Thomas DJ and I have talked about this a bunch of different times. Is that when a writer has a particularly good take on Hal? I'm really about Hal. It's like, you know, Len Wein had a good take on the character, this issue notwithstanding. I thought Steve Englehart had a great run with the character. And then Gerard Jones for the first, you know, for, you know, the Emerald Dawn series, you know, the two miniseries. And then I would say probably the first 25, 26 issues of the ongoing were great. It started meandering after that. I think just at some point... I don't know if it's because the character itself is boring or if writers just run out of steam and just can't bring anything more to make the character interesting. But it's like the run right before the Lin Wein run where he's off in space and having adventures. It's just like, God, put me to sleep. Right. But But then get back to Earth and it's pretty freaking amazing. And... I, I just, I feel bad because it's like, you know, Jeff Johns, perfect example. I really enjoyed uh, and, and have continued to enjoy, even though I was a little critical of it there for a while, what Jeff Johns did with Hal Jordan. Because at least the book was exciting. 
you know? The book was exciting, and it's not that, that, you know, there wasn't some really good writing and some really interesting things done there, but my big, the big stumbling block for me that kept me from really embracing that stuff and, and going, wow, this is really top-notch, is that I've never, ever accepted um, what happens um, you know, back at the end of, you know, at the end of his, his era, basically. And, and when, um, Kyle ended up taking over, that's all been kind of just swept away now. I don't like that. I, you know, it's not that I don't believe in redemption, you know, I do, but come on. I mean, the guy annihilated the core, you know, I mean, I, and I just felt like, I don't know. The whole parallax thing rings very hollow to me. I, I just don't buy it. I I'm, I was never comfortable with that. I, I think that there are certain places that once you go there, there's no coming back. And and in this particular instance, I don't. I, I couldn't embrace it. I you know, I was very much on Batman's side when Hal Jordan came back. I, I loved that Batman was the one that stepped up and basically told him, "I'm going to be watching you because I don't buy this for a minute with you." You know, I, I know who you are and what you did, basically, is what he told him. And I liked that moment and that tension between those two characters because, again, I, I don't think that Batman is a character that, that doesn't believe in redemption either. But I think that that was a bridge too far for, for his character. And I, I felt exactly the same way. It was like, no, dude, you you, you kind of killed a whole bunch of people. You know, <laughs> To play devil's advocate, though, for me. Uh, Hal did kind of get screwed at the end there. I mean, it, it, it was a, a, a rushed storyline that made him go crazy. Because that wasn't the original concept. You know, Gerard Jones had a whole other three-issue storyline of Emerald Twilight uh, that was leading up to issue 50. And it was even solicited with a cover image. But at the last minute, DC pulled back and decided to do something else and to to give him more of a event like Superman and Batman had. Mm-hmm. And that does not take away from the fact that I absolutely love Kyle Rayner as a character uh, and is still my favorite Green Lantern. It's the Green Lantern I discovered. It's the Green Lantern I followed for a decade. I mean, mm-hmm. I followed that book from his first appearance in it to the last issue of that particular series. Mm-hmm. And there were some bad points in that. I'm looking at you, Ben Rob. I mean, right after Judd Winnick left that title and Kyle went into... Sp- I'm seeing a pattern here suddenly. When Kyle went into space, that book tanked. When Hal went into space, this book tanked. Mm-hmm. Do I just not like space stories? Well, there's not, you know, there's not a lot of, uh, you know, character X goes off into space in either Marvel or DC that that's very good, to be honest with you. I mean, I know that there, you know, there, there are fans that enjoy that sort of thing, but, uh, I've never really been one of them. I think that there, I think there's very few, you know, off into space epics that that i've ever enjoyed I, I can think of only a couple of them i know this uh alan moore swamp thing was one that was some pretty good stuff i liked when uh when starman went off into space you know the the um jack uh jack knight version and although i enjoyed it a lot at the time 
the Superman Exile storyline, I thought, was good then. But rereading that recently, I, I've changed my opinion on that, mostly for Superman Returns related reasons. I don't, I don't like the idea of Superman ever abandoning the Earth. I don't care what the excuse is. I just, especially with his parents still alive and living on Earth, I didn't quite, I don't buy that anymore. But at the time, I thought it was a good story. But yeah, other than that, I, I'm hard pressed to think of one that I was like, yeah, that was really good. Because most of the time, it's like space again, you know. You know, it's funny that we're just on complete opposite sides. Of that is that I really didn't like the Starman story, but I love Exile, <laughs> and you're just the opposite. So. <laughs> oh well, uh, so so amusing. Anyways, um, so what was next time again? Because I completely forgot. It was Green Lantern 178, correct? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the next uh, the next one that we'll be covering. I had just a couple of notes on this. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you had said your notes. I apologize. No, I wasn't I, trying to shut you down. No, no, not at all. Just a couple of quick things. Um, I, I, I honestly, I only took two notes on the entire issue. One of them was on page six where the monitor says, Lila, my love. And I don't remember that being carried forward unless i'm just not remembering something they're they're not lovers right no well she it, it's kind of funny because you know especially like reading the green lantern i mean that the crisis on infinite earth's novelization mm-hmm. there i always got this weird sense that she looked at him as a father figure right but she was also in love with him like, but it was not reciprocated, right? No, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think it was. I think he looked at her very much as a daughter, right? Um, and, and and really, her being in love with him isn't creepy because, well, who else does she have in her life? That's you know, male. So it kind of made sense. But I think this was still at a time when she was his mall, and he was kind of a gangster type character. Just on a cosmic level. So maybe at this point there was that kind of maybe they were sleeping together thing, but that would be erased later. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking is that it, 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 that doesn't really pan out with with because I'm sure that there's not even fully fleshed out origins for these characters yet. You know, in the in the minds of the writers or what. And when we would get that later, it, it ends up becoming very much a you know orphaned girl taken in you know and and raised you know to be the the apprentice type of situation rather than you know their their contemporaries or lovers or anything like i can i can see her being in love with him you know because she idolizes him but i don't i just don't see that being reciprocated without being extremely creepy you know (laughs) But, uh, I raised you from when you were a young girl, and now I want to have sex with you. Right, yeah, exactly. That's yeah, that's a little bit beyond the boundaries of good taste, I think. My other note, and this is a whopper, when I when I read this, I was just like, seriously, come on. You know, I mean, you've already got the, the human shark dude. You've already got the whole psychic vampire. There's, there's a lot of ridiculousness in this issue, but th- that all of that was trumped for me. By the first panel on page 22, the shark is having his hissy fit, right? And he's tearing up this Star Labs ship and he's throwing toxic crap into the water and everything. And the boat's on fire. It's going to blow up. 
And Green Lantern says, Shark, please, we have to get out of here. And with that invisible yellow aura you keep around yourself, I can't help you unless you let me. All right. Invisible yellow aura. I'm sorry, dude. You're either invisible or you're yellow. You're not both. It can't, that, that just doesn't process. Okay. That's stupid. I'm sorry. I, I know that they had to really get creative with the whole yellow thing, but that's just damn silly. An invisible yellow. <laughs> How does that work? If it's invisible, then why would his ring not work on it? Because it's not yellow, because it's not, you know, that's a, it's a whole spectrum thing. And I just, I'm not even going to get into it. It's just stupid. I'm sorry. Um, and again, I'm sorry, Mike. It seems like uh, I'm just uh, like like we're, we're, we're at odds a lot lately. But I got to disagree on the artwork. It's not that it's bad, because I likes me some Dick Giordano. I really do. But I feel like he has completely overpowered Dave Gibbons in this particular issue. And every time Carol Ferris is in this, I feel like I'm reading a Lois Lane backup. It <laughs> really feels that way, especially on page three. Look at her on the last panel on page three and tell me that's not Lois Lane. And I mean, what oh, is, it is. I'll agree. At, oh. This is, was my other problem with Green Lantern as a kid. This is my problem a lot of times with with supporting casts where the woman serves no purpose but to blat and and moon over the hero. And this is why I wasn't crazy about Hal returning to Earth and and falling right into the same old ruts almost immediately because now we're kind of back to the status quo where every issue is the hero endangered and his love interest just sitting around blatting. And that's what she does for the whole... Granted, she does end up saving him at the end of the story, which I kind of liked, but I also kind of disliked that too because how does it work with her being the one to say the oath, yet it recharges his ring? I don't quite get that. I thought he had to do that. Or is the oath almost just symbolic and just simply putting the ring up to the lantern is enough to actually do the deed. Um, well, in, in Gerard Jones's run, there's a point where he's recharging the ring and he's just sitting there counting to 10 and he doesn't say the oath. And right. that was part of the drama of the storyline that was going on, that he was kind of disillusioned with being green lantern. Uh, so, but that was again, after the, central power battery was destroyed and there was like three rings and they all belong to humans. Don't quite know why. Well, I know why it worked out that way, but still it seems kind of unfair. Earth wasn't really a green lantern hub until Hal Jordan showed up. So, (laughs) um, but yeah, I I think you can just, and was it really, see, that's the thing is I never really got it that if she was recharging the ring, just, trying anything to get him to wake up and right. it just happened to give him the will to live later on or or wherever he was so i don't know it's a piss poor issue so it, it is it honestly is it pains me to say that with all the talent that worked on this particular issue but you know they they can't all be gems and uh sadly this one is not but it's it's mostly 
I would say it's ninety percent the villain is is the problem with this. There's there's other things with the issue as well. I don't think that Dave Gibbons and uh, and uh, Dick Giordano are 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 especially good fit for each other art wise. But uh, it, it's mostly the villain. He's this, this whole thing with the shark was just stupid. Uh huh. Very much so. But hopefully it'll improve because, uh, you know, I was digging it up to this point. So, But that's all I got. Surprisingly, uh, we, we might enjoy uh, the Demolition Team. Well, I've, I've always had a soft spot for Rosie the Riveter. So, you know, for giving, you know, the fact that these other lame asses are in the story, then, yeah, maybe it'll end up being good. You know, if, if, if they end up being sort of the... the you know the the uh, discount version of uh, what the hell the Wrecking Crew from Marvel. Then you know it could be interesting because I I actually like those guys as completely silly as they are. I always have kind of a soft spot for them. So if they're you know half as interesting as those guys, then maybe it'll be an interesting story. I did notice that all of their equipment is yellow at the end of the story, and I'm sure that that's not you know by accident. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm very, very sure that. Yeah. That's it for this week, folks. Be sure to visit our website at www.2truefreaks.libson.com for more exciting podcasts featuring both Michael Bailey and myself, as well as Chris Honeywell, and several other sad and pathetic human beings who have nothing better to do with their time. Join our forum at www.forumforgeeks.com, where you can comment on this week's show and interact with us and your fellow listeners. We've built a great, fun, and friendly community there, and we'd love for you to be a part of it. As always, you can reach us by email at talesofthejsa at gmail.com. And of course, both Michael Bailey and myself are on Facebook. Speaking of Facebook, if you enjoy this show, won't you please take a moment to mention us on the social networking site of your choice, whenever you're listening to one of our episodes. Word of mouth is still the best way to let others know about our show, and we really appreciate your helping us to grow our listenership. Once again, folks, thank you so much for listening, and be sure to join us next time for the tales of the Justice Society of America. Lancers, I've called you here to this unprecedented gathering because we face an unprecedented danger. An enemy we don't yet fully understand. It was for this moment that we were created. But I don't need to tell you your duty. I don't need to tell you who we are.
Chosen by the Mystic Guardians of the Universe Recruited from across the galaxy for their bravery and courage. The best and brightest join to fulfill a solemn oath. In brightest day. In blackest night. No evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern's Light. Green Lantern's Light, a monthly podcast covering the adventures of Hal Jordan, John Stewart, Guy Gardner, and the entire Green Lantern Corps from 1984 through today. Say the oath. Join the Corps. Green Lantern's Light. Available monthly at greenlanternslight.com.